everyone, and welcome back to another chapter-based episode of Pottermania. I'm your host, Ash. And I'm Yasmina. And today we will be discussing our thoughts and analysis of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, Chapter 5, Diagon Alley. So just beginning off, I wanted to give a brief chapter description. Um, Leaving from Chapter 4, this one is a chapter segue into Harry nearly reaching Hogwarts. It's one of my most favorite chapters from the book and the entire series um, because we get a glimpse into one of my favorite places, Diagon Alley. We see Harry getting more familiar about the importance of his identity. He gets introduced to a future teacher of his, which is Professor Quirrell. That'll be an important character in later episodes. And then upon reaching Diagon Alley, we see that it's an alley containing a lot of different shops available, such as the Apothecary, Elop's Owl Emporium, Madame Malkin's Robes. We also see him being introduced to an obnoxious kid briefly, which I believe is Draco Malfoy. And then him also visiting Gringotts Bank and realizing that he isn't poor indeed. Um, And after that, we see Hagrid asking Griffhook, one of the goblins that works at Gringotts, to take him to Vault 713, where Hagrid picks up a brown package with an item in it. Um, This whole chapter in general was just devoted to the descriptions of Diagon Alley and also the mysterious object that Hagrid picked up. And we see Harry just marveling at the sight of the whole place. And it was so nice to see our boy cheery for once in this chapter in comparison to the shit he was facing in previous chapters. So that's why I thought it was like a really nice um, read compared to the other ones. Uh, What were your thoughts about this chapter, Yasmina? Um, I think I've mentioned this before, probably like in our earlier episodes, but Diagon Alley, the Diagon Alley chapter is one of my all-time favorite chapters Mm -hmm. in the series. Um, Similarly, the movie scene is also a very special scene to me. It's always such an enjoyable experience rereading it. I just feel like we learn a lot about the wizards just from this chapter, like where they buy their clothes, their wands, their pets. And we also learn about like which animals are domesticated in the wizarding world. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only that, but this chapter is quite heartwarming to read. Um, Because like you said, for the first time, we do see Harry being treated respectfully and as a child rather than abused and bullied. So it's always such a heartwarming chapter to read. Exactly. And just adding on to what you said, I feel like for the time, the way they displayed it in the movies, we've mentioned this in previous episodes, it was pretty on point to how they described it in the books. I mean, it's really nice right now that we're doing like a chapter read through for all of the books so we can kind of, you know, see it in comparison and in previous episodes we hadn't been reading the chapter but now that we have finished the chapter i think it's fair to say right that they did a pretty like yeah good job comparing it both together mm-hmm. yeah and it, it's like one of those chapters that translated very well like in the movie and just like in the media medium because yes. usually like a lot of the chapters they would be missing some like fragments exactly. but this one was like exactly as I was reading the book and maybe you know because I've watched the movie way too many times that's why I'm like envisioning Same. it yeah. but while I was reading the book and then like when I watched the movie I'm like this is perfect like they yeah. did more than I expected you know they went above and beyond to give us like this perfect representation of Diagon Alley exactly and especially for the time that the movie was released too because like I'm sure VFX editing that wasn't such a big thing they still did a fantastic job so props to that and 
clearly we both very much enjoyed reading this chapter. Um, moving on to our first discussion question. I'm not sure if while reading the chapter, you picked up on a few little facts um, on page 47. We also had a list of materials and books that Harry needed to gather before going to Hogwarts. I'm not sure if you noticed the two hidden Easter eggs that J.K. Rowling left in there. Um, I mean, in the course list when she listed it out. If you guys hadn't and you're reading the chapter along with us and when you scroll down to that page, you'll see two specific books mentioned by J.K. Rowling that pertain to many like that pertain to important characters that she mentions in later books or even like future books that she writes. One of them is A History of Magic by Bethilda Bagshot, who plays a huge relevance in the later books, as well as Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them by Newt Scamander. And I'm not sure if it is just me, but I remember when the series released, I kept asking myself like, oh, where did this name come from? I never really did any previous research or I didn't go back and read the books at that time. I'm like reading it again after so long for the third time right now. Um, so it all kind of falls into place and makes sense. And it's so cool that they basically introduced like two very important central characters without us even knowing and the beauty of like how we can kind of tell like the fantastic beast movies like the name where it came from it all just like falls into place and it's great yeah i did notice that i'd say that's a testament to jk rowling's writing and work mm -hmm. i mean she made sure to think about every single detail in, adv in advance yeah. and i feel like oftentimes uh rowling will name drop characters who may seem unimportant at the time mm -hmm. but then they end up having a very significant role in the plot um or like in future installments mm -hmm. and i feel like this ties into like another thing like in the first chapter, we see um, Vernon bump into this wizard that's dressed in purple. Yeah. We also see Harry mentioning that he ran into someone who like bowed to him or took off his hat. I can't remember the exact word used. Mm -hmm. um, and then later on, and, and also McGonagall drops the name Daedalus Diggle. And mm -hmm. then afterwards, as like we're moving and reading the book, we Harry runs into him and he recognizes him in the leaky cauldron because he's like oh like i've seen you before mm -hmm. and then we don't hear about him again and then we see him again in order of the phoenix where he plays a very important role um he's yeah. a part of the advance guard to escort harry to Grimold place and then he comes back again in deathly hallows so i feel like that's such like a reoccurrence in jk rowling's writing is that she mm -hmm. would drop like names of books like who would have even look twice into this list of books like no the one, first time yeah. i read it i never really paid attention i was just like no. okay like trying to figure out which course exactly. it pertains to but like i didn't care too much yeah. and then obviously bathilda backshot becomes relevant later on, later in, on. In deathly hallows um and then fantastic beasts and where to find them so yeah i find yeah. that very interesting that she does it and it's so enjoyable to read the books now again knowing all this information so that we mm -hmm. can pick on the small details Exactly. And I'm not sure if it was just me, like that didn't know where the Fantastic Beast name came from. Did, was that you as well? Like when the books got released, you were just like, no, oh, cool. I knew it. I you knew, knew it. it. Okay. Um, I, I knew it. Know. And but I was very surprised as to why out of all the books that were available in the list, why she picked that one, like why that one got an installment. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I mean, obviously, it kind of makes sense. Like it's the only yeah. one that you can really get out of like a lot of movies yeah um, but no i did know 
Um, didn't know much about Newt Scamander, though. Um, yeah. I don't think he was mentioned that much. But, yeah. like, when the name came out, I was like, oh. And then people were, were theorizing, too, and, like, tying it, linking it back. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, right, list. And now when I was reading it, I was like, okay, I spotted it. Yeah. And now we're going to, I guess, with the future Fantastic Beast movies, get more of an insight into Newt's life. But like I said, I love the name drops and the Easter eggs that J.K. Rowling leaves in her novels, how they tie into like future events that take place in the Harry Potter series realm and also in the upcoming Fantastic Beasts series, a prequel to this. So I think it's safe to say that we now will be paying a lot of importance to the details and side characters that are mentioned to see if it like jogs our memory. Um Moving on to our second discussion question, I wanted to ask you, Yasmina, if you entered Diagon Alley for the first time, where is the first place you'd want to visit? Like which shop, which place? Um, I definitely visit Ollivander's to get my wand first before mm -hmm. doing anything else, um, which yeah. is a great segue for this next section. So you guys buckle up because I'm going to be talking about Ollivander for like a good few minutes. Um, but I, I did want to take some time to talk about Ollivander um, as well as discuss the significance of wands and what they say about the wand owner. So Garrick Ollivander, I did not know his first name was Garrick, but I have come to know. Mm -hmm. Um the name Ollivander actually is said to mean he who owns the olive wand. And that's very fitting because this family has been associated with wand lore and wand craft. Also, the word olive ties into Ollivander's ancestry, which is said to have come from the Mediterranean. Um, throughout the series, we see Ollivander's expertise and knowledge in wands, especially during the Triwizard Tournament. Yep. Although he hadn't crafted some of the competitors' wands, he was still able to identify the core and the abilities of the wands. Going a bit further back, I also was wondering, like, how do how were wands made prior to Ollivander's? And the answer was, or is, um, oftentimes wizards would just go into a wand maker's store with, like, a magical element or substance that they were attached to or inherited, um, which would then be turned into a wand core. Mr. Ollivander was a trendsetter, however, because he refuted this logic of just using whatever you possessed or yeah. felt attachment to to incorporate in your wand. Um, his approach was that the best wands were made from immensely magical substances, either unicorn hair, dragon heart strings, or phoenix feathers. Although this, his approach was slightly controversial in the beginning and welcomed with a lot of resistance, wizards slowly began to realize that wands crafted using the aforementioned substances were much more powerful and superior. Um, in this chapter also, Mr. Ollivander mentions Lillian James' wands, insinuating that there is a correlation between the wand's core and the type of magic it performs. So, for example, Lily's wand was a ten and a quarter inches long wand made from willow, um, which... Um, translates to a wand that is perfect for charm work. On the other hand, James' wand was 11 inches mahogany and pliable wood, which is a bit more powerful and perfect for transfiguration. And we do come to know later that James' forte is transfiguration um, as it plays a very important role in becoming yeah. like an animagus. Animagus, yeah. Um, and then I also wanted to further analyze Harry's wand as well, just to understand what it means about him. And because, you know, him getting his wand was very crucial to the plot line in this chapter. Um, 
And so Harry's wand is 11 inches, holly and phoenix feather. So when it comes to wand lengths, the longer the wand, the bigger the personality and the more dramatic style of magic. Um, his wand core is phoenix feather. So phoenix feathers are capable of the greatest range of magic, and they can also act on their own accord. And his wand wood was made out of holly, which is a very, very rare type of wood. And it's considered protective works best for those who are attempting to overcome a tendency in anger and um holly wands oftentimes choose owners who are engaged in some sort of dangerous quest so i'd say that again this is a testament to jk rowling's attention to detail because she also mm -hmm. made sure to give him a wand with des descriptors that would be um very relevant in his conquest um so you know this one is perfect for harry because for one he does have a very big personality um for another uh he obviously needed a one that would be able to perform the greatest range of magic and mm -hmm. act on its own accord in certain situations so we all know if we have read the books and watched the movies his wand acts out of its on its own accord um in deathly hallows when um he is being moved to the borrow and he runs into voldemort and then he's like kind of passing out and his wand just starts acting up on its own so that's something that's a quality that a lot of wizards don't want in their wands but that's mm -hmm. perfect for harry um and when it comes to the wand with the pr protective aspect is very important for harry because he grew up without like a, a ma like a major protector or a primary protector. Um, so he needed some sort or some form of protective forces. And as I mentioned, holly wands are extremely handy for those who are engaged in danger in a dangerous quest, which is exactly what Harry was engaged yeah. in. Um, he was, you know, fighting to defeat the darkest wizard of all time. So I found, you know, these facts quite interesting actually yeah for sure and like you so you were also saying just to like back it up a little bit before Ollivanders if someone wanted to create their own wand they would just find like a material or something that they were attached to like a substance and then yeah oftentimes it's like something they're inherited like I guess there weren't that many examples and I believe I'm not really sure but I believe Fleur de la Cour um yeah. had like her wand was had like a vela. I believe that's what they're called, right? The velas. Was it velas? She had like something. Yeah. The. Um, let me just look it I'm up. Not sure. Let me look it up. Her because like the core of her heart. I mean, her wand. <laughs> no, because you know she was like yeah she was a quarter vela, which were oh, those women that kind of yeah that were like charm that would charm men. Oh my gosh, they were like sirens in like uh, Greek mythology. So uh -huh. her wand, I believe, had something to do with velas, be it like hair or something like that. So it has to be something that is of substance that is usually inherited. So I guess like oh interesting. Maybe like a, a ring or something that you inherited from your family or you feel extreme attachment to. And that would be the core. It wouldn't just be the wand. Like, you yeah, would like still the have substance. like, yeah, it would be the core of the wand and then they would use whatever other wood, but it would be okay. just like the core instead of like unicorn hair or phoenix feather mm -hmm. or dragon heart string. Yeah, because I was just wondering, like, if they did use that approach, which is fine. I'm sure that there have been times that like Ollivander's given a wand to someone and maybe they like, you know, they didn't really like what they got. Anyway, that's probably something we can look into later. But um, wait, I'm not I'm not getting it. What did you mean? Like, like I'm sure that they're like, you know, when Ollivander gives like the wands to people, I like, I'm just wondering, I wonder if there have been instances where 
you know, kids got their wand and they haven't really liked what they got. Because I remember one of my friends, she used like Pottermore. This is like completely off topic. Like this isn't connected to the series, but she got um, the specific wand type that, you know, that she did through the quiz. And she didn't really like um, the, the exact pick that she got she said after doing a bit of analysis on like the substance used the length and everything it didn't really match what you know was related to her personality so I'm wondering if there were like instances using the logic that they used like back where they just got their own substance I mean I'm sure I'm sure some people were still resistant of um, Ollivanders and would still like go up to him and ask him to or go up to other wand makers and bring their own like substance that like magical substance. But the thing is, I know that wizards do change their wands because in this chapter specifically, Ollivander does say, I believe he says um, Lily's first wand. And Mm -hmm. I know that, for example, Neville and Ron ended up having multiple different wands. So I think... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because Ron's wand kept, like, acting up and breaking and everything. So my thought process was, like, you know, when we do see the movies and read the books, we just see it from Harry's perspective, where he picks up the wand, and obviously there are those, like, sparks, or there's that connection. But, like... I, I'm not sure about how the reliability works. Obviously, Ollivander. I mean, the wand, the wand chooses the wizard, the wizard. Yeah. But then keep in mind, like it chooses the wizard, and it's a reflection of their personality. Then, um, yeah. And I feel like maybe maybe that's something that we can research even further. But I do feel yeah. like the wand that you get when you're a little, um, as you get older and your personality changes and your needs are different, then you maybe need to like upgrade to a different wand. Um, but I think like there are other wand makers that you can go to to ask them to use a specific thing mm-hmm. as a core for your wand. But again, Ollivanders is like the most popular it's wand most maker. Popular. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, again, the wand chooses the wizard. That's why a lot of like Harry had to go through a different wands. Like the first few that Ollivander gave him were the ones he thought would be perfect for him. But exactly. then the one he ended up getting was completely different. So exactly. And you see yeah. him with the elder one at one point, all that we'll get into it. But it's something that's really interesting because in your analysis, you did mention that wands are related or connected connected to a person's personality trait so that's why I was kind of like thinking about it for a while like taking a backtrack because people's personality traits like are consistently changing um but like you said Ollivander always mentioned that the wand chooses the wizard and your analysis of Harry's wand and how it connects to his personality is very fitting it makes like a lot of sense um And to answer the discussion question as well, I would also choose Ollivanders um, if I was to go into Diagon Alley. But this is specific to the first book. Um, If I was looking into Ollivanders in later books, then I would probably go to Weasley's Wizard Wheezes because everyone who has been following our episodes know how much I'm obsessed with that store. It has a lot of like cool hacky things that I'd love to have on hand. And anyway, when you're entering Diagon Alley, there's no way you're only going to visit one store and get out. You're going to get into all of them. So if it was looking into this book, then Ollivanders, if it's like future books, which we'll get into later, it would probably be that. But moving into our next discussion question, discussion question, sorry, 
Um, since we are on the topic of wands and since we kind of did do the analysis of what your wand says about your personality, I wanted to ask you, Yasmina, if you've taken the wand quiz on Pottermore that I was discussing. And if you did, then whether we could take this time to share our results, maybe analyze the wands that we got, how it um, showcases our personality traits. Do you want to start off with that or... Yeah, um, of course I have. I mean, that's the first thing I did during yeah. the lockdown. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I did take the Pottermore quiz. I mean, you know, it's no longer Pottermore Wizarding World now, but <laughs> before Pottermore, I had taken the quiz. Um, I don't remember if the wand selection was an option then. I do know that they sorted you into the house and that kind of stuff, but yeah. I can't remember what wand I got then. But beginning of COVID and lockdown, when I like was you know re-diving into the books mm -hmm. um i did um create like a wizarding world account and i did get sorted and i yeah. did get a wand and my wand is the is an elder wood with a unicorn hair core mm -hmm. 11 and three quarter inches and slightly springy flexibility um cool. I honestly, when I first got that, I was like, I was like, I don't think I heard anyone else have the same wand as me. Mm -hmm. um, the wand length. So again, it is on the longer side. So I feel like um, it is drawn to bigger personalities and more dramatic magic style. I do feel like if I was in the wizarding world, I would probably have a very dramatic magic style just because of the person that I am. I'm just dramatic either way. Mm -hmm. um, for wand flex flexibility or rigidity, um, usually wand flexibility or rigidity denotes the degree of adaptability and willingness to change by the wand and the owner. Mine is slightly flexible. Um, for wand wood, mine is elder wood and it is, it's ideal owner is not stubborn or obstinate, but often helpful, considerate and most likable. And for wand corn, it's unicorn hair. It is the most difficult to turn to dark arts and it is the most faithful of wands to their first owners. Um, so the only similarity I have with Harry is probably the wand length somewhat. I mean, mine is still like a little bit longer and, I mean, so we both have bigger personalities, I guess, and a dramatic magic style. Mm -hmm. And I did look up who has an Elderwood wand, and I got freaking Quirrell. Um, <laughs> so that's not looking too good for that's me. Um, and then I looked up, I was like, does anybody else have like a wand with unicorn hair in the series, like from the trio? And Ron's wand um, had unicorn hair. I can't oh. remember if it was his first wand or the second wand that he got. But um, yeah, so I guess my... If I wasn't Harry Potter, my character would probably probably be very close to Quirrell, I guess, because <laughs> our wands are similar, maybe. I don't We're know. Dead, but um, yeah, what a disappointment. Imagine looking up who has an Elderwood wand. And like the first thing that pops up to me for me is Quirrell. And I was like, damn yeah. it. It couldn't have been like Luna or someone else. I wish, honestly. But for me, I took the quiz yesterday, um, yesterday night because when I opened my account, I noticed that I took the quiz like two, three years ago. And I'm like, there is no way this is relevant. That's why I kept asking, like, you know, how, like, how is it possible that people consistently have one wand? But we obviously cleared that they're consistently changing their wands. So when I looked up my Pottermore account, 
it showed that I had Peter Pettigrew's one. And I was like, no way in hell is this possible. Like I had, I think it was like 12 and a half chestnut wood dragon heartstring core. And I got really excited seeing that. I'm like, oh my God, dragon heartstring. Looked it up. It was Peter Pettigrew's exact wand, except his was nine, like nine inches and a quarter or something like that. So I was like, no way in hell. I'm taking this quiz again to see if it's still the same. And if it is, then I'll accept it. But I got a different result this time. Thank God. My current one selection is pine wood with phoenix weather, uh, phoenix feather core. And it's 12 and a half inches with supple flexibility. So I got really excited seeing the phoenix feather core, guys. Um, but according to the analysis you mentioned, from what I understood, like you said, the length of the wand describes the person, the personality, I guess the bigger the personality or the more dramatic they are. And mine is 12 and a half inches. So it clearly shows. I don't know what's the long. I think the longest is like 15 from what I recall yesterday when I was looking it up. Okay. Um, so. so yeah, you are on the longer side. I am on the longer side. I'm not surprised. It clearly means I have a very big personality and I am dramatic. And I'll accept that mine is bigger than Harry's as well. So I don't know if that means I have a bigger personality than him. Not surprised. Um, I looked up on wizardingworld.com the relevance of having a Pinewood wand. And what it stated was that Pinewood wand users are very creative. I didn't. I didn't know that about myself um, and that they adapt unprotestingly to new methods and spells. So I thought that was really interesting. It also said that owners are meant to live long lives and that they are sensitive to nonverbal magic. So I'm not like, I'm trying to think about what that meant. Cause you guys, I took this like at 12 yesterday night. So I didn't have the time to look up what nonverbal magic is. Do you by any chance know what that means? Like, yeah. It's what Dumbledore performs. Wow. Um, so the opposite of Dumbledore. Great. So so Dumbledore, he's known to be able to perform magic without a wand and non-verbally. And oh. um, I believe in one of the books, they, the, the students were being trained on non-verbal magic because that's one of the forms of magic. Like that's one of like top tier magic because um, you're able to like do a spell without saying the words so you're the person that you're fighting against can't really um see it coming basically so mm -hmm. yeah um cool so dumbledore does use it i believe he uses it in the ministry of magic in order of the phoenix okay. uh, but i think there has been a lot of instances where it would be mentioned that he uses nonverbal magic. Okay. Um, I did look up who has a pine wand, and I, I can't find anyone. Pine wood? <laughs> yeah, pine wood. Yeah, I looked I, it up. I couldn't find it. All I know is that my core, the phoenix feather core, is the same as Harry's. I yeah, it's like Harry's and Voldemort's. Wood. Oh, great. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, that's true. How did I forget? Like, yeah, of course, Harry and Voldemort. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool. And since you did mention that wands with phoenix feather cores, because when you're doing Harry's analysis, are capable of great ranges of magic, I am satisfied with this current wand choice I have in comparison to the Peter Pettigrew one. You were saying something about flexibility as well, right? I never, um, like, I never really did my analysis on that. Mine's like supple flexibility. So does that mean like I have a higher degree of adaptability? or a lower degree of adaptability. 
give me a sec to think about it. Um, so supple flexibility just essentially means it's flexible. So I said that one flexibility denotes the degree of adaptability and willingness. Um, so it, it says one flexibility or rigidity denotes the degree of adaptability and willingness. So I don't know which one, like, is it flexible or rigid that I'd say, I guess, I don't know. I don't, I <laughs> because don't know. Even I, even I was slightly confused by that one. And I literally just said mine is slightly flexible and I didn't further elaborate because yeah. I just wanted to put it there for people like listeners yeah, to know like what your want flexibility or rigidity means, yeah. but it's not Maybe very it clear. Both. Like, you know, you're like, rigid when you need to be and like you're adaptable when you need to be I don't really know um but I never did my analysis on that but yeah I don't know who else has a pine wood wand if anybody knows and you're listening to this episode keep me updated because I tried to look into it couldn't really find anyone so that was very interesting but um that was a great analysis that we had of our wands and how it relates to our personality traits Moving on to the next discussion question, out of the past five chapters that we've read so far from the Philosopher's Stone, what was your favorite chapter and why? Do you want me to start off with this one? Yeah, go ahead. So for me, like I mentioned in many of the previous episodes, and since I have been finally able to reread this chapter, it definitely is this chapter. It made me so nostalgic to the time that I was reading it. Like I was just visualizing myself as a kid reading it under my covers like with my nightlight when I was like eight or nine years old and so it was just like an amazing experience because like it reminded me of my previous memories as we've discussed this plenty of times I also feel like the description of how JK Rowling structured Diagon Alley was very similar to how it was portrayed in the movies and I love that because For the time, they didn't really have editing, VFX. That wasn't such a big thing. So very beautifully done. I was able to like imagine it in my head too, like the descriptions of the movie scenes. Um, And I also loved how they started introducing side characters, like the buildup of Drake Malfoy, who wasn't named, but the obnoxious kid that he met at Madame Malkin's robe fitting. The introduction... The snowy owl that Hagrid gifted him on his birthday. Even the subtle mentions, as we mentioned in previous questions, of Bathilda Bagshot, Newt Scamander, introduction of Professor Quirrell, who has a huge relevance in later chapters. I loved that. And then we also got a glimpse of other creatures, the goblins and Gringotts. So I felt like the setup and the introduction of the new characters was beautiful. We see an entry into the world a little bit. Um, yeah, and it was fantastic. Yeah. I'd say I'd say the same as well for me. I feel like the first three chapters weren't that enjoyable considering yeah. the abuse that Harry was withstanding. Um, especially just reading it when you're older, it's kind of a tough read. Yeah. Um especially this so, time too. Like yeah, you know, COVID times. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like if some if you're someone who does struggle with mental health and you can and you're, you know, highly empath empath, sorry. Um it's kind of hard reading this the first three chapters, but then things mm-hmm. get better in the fourth um, chapter. So it's always more enjoyable to read it. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, I did want to in- introduce a new segment. So we got this idea from MuggleCast, full disclaimer. Um, 
they always do this thing or they used to do this thing whenever they did chapter by chapter they would start off the episode by like setting up a timer and then each person and then they would try to rename the chapter but like each person would say one word um so like one person will be like the and then the other person would be like dragon and and no one knows what's coming next and that ends up being like their their renaming of the chapter now i'm not that quick on my feet yeah. so i didn't want to follow this approach <laughs> But I thought that we can incorporate the segment at the end of every episode where we would rename the chapter based on our discussion um, or like anything that we spend a lot of time talking about. And that way it's a lot more, it's nice to kind of just rename it based on our discussion. Yeah. So um, Ash, what would you rename this chapter? I, like I mentioned before, I love the chapter name already. It's very concise to what it's about. So it is difficult. But I did put some thought into this. Not much. I tried. Um, and if I had to rename it, I think since this chapter was also devoted a lot to like Ollivanders and wands, maybe something really cryptic like chapter five, the wand chooses the wizard, you know, like the quote he said, or the wand and the wizard, if we don't want to like take the exact quote. Um, that's my thought, you guys. I'm not really like... I, I'm not really feeling very creative today, so spare me. I mean, this um, is the first time we do this, I know, so exactly. <laughs> it's going to take time, us some time so. to get used to it. And again, like you know, J.K. Rowling really thought about titling these chapters. I know, yeah. I know there are some chapters that weren't titled that well, so maybe yeah, we'd... this one was titled pretty well. Yeah. That's why I'm like, uh, do I want to change it? But yeah, these are the two ones I would debate between. Do you have any? Yeah, I do. I mean, initially in the beginning, like before I like added like all this wand um, trivia to the episode, yeah. initially mine was just going to be Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, Chapter 5, See You Later, Muggles, just because <laughs> yeah. Harry is kind of like entering the wizarding world. He yeah, is leaving cute. behind the muggle world. Um, but since I did babble a lot about wand and wand lore yeah. and, you know, you know, Ollivander, um, I think another option for me would be, uh, what does your wand say about you? Yeah. Um, cause okay. you know, this chapter does talk about wands. Ollivander uh, mentions, yeah. uh, Lily's and James wand. He also addresses Hagrid and Hagrid's exactly. wand. And then we see Harry's. So I feel like a big chunk of this, um, chapter was dedicated to wand lore. Um, exactly. but yeah, those are my two options. <laughs> I think great options as well, honestly. And we're going to keep this as a consistent thing. Right now, my creative juices aren't flowing, but I tried. The See You Later Muggles is so cute, though. I love it. Um, anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning into another chapter episode of ours. Did you have any other facts or anything you wanted to mention, Yasmina, before we wrap up? Um, no, nothing else. Ever, all my uh, work and knowledge today was dedicated to wands. So this exactly. is all one I more. have for today. <laughs> exactly. I did want to mention one thing actually briefly before we wrap up. It was something that um, I thought of while I was reading the chapter. There was that one section where Harry and Hagrid were trying to go to Diagon Alley. And I'm not sure if you noticed, like it kept consistently explaining how Hagrid was such a standout in the muggle world. Um, they kept mentioning Hagrid as someone being like very huge, very stand. Like he was very, um, he, he just like stood out a lot. Like it just seemed like he was such a giant walking around in the muggle world, very unaware about what to do. 
And I thought, I mean, it's just me. I'm not an author, guys. Please spare me. Don't call me out. I thought it would have been really interesting because since they described him to be such a standout and since they mentioned initially how the Ministry of Magic's whole, like, you know, their whole premise was to keep the wizarding world, witches and wizards, away from muggles. How did, like, muggles not see Hagrid on the train and, like, think who is this guy like nobody thought to like follow these two people around because I was thinking if I was in that situation and if I was a muggle I would have probably just like followed Hagrid and Harry around and like seen where they go and I thought it would be I thought it would have been a really cute um segue to like have introduced a muggle character or something like it would have been a great like character build up that's just my thought um it was just something I was thinking about because they kept mentioning how much of a standout guy he was and if I was a muggle I would have been so curious I would have run around behind these people been like where are they going what are they doing who is this giant like out in the muggle world um but don't kill me for this like she's still a great author and I feel like the characters that she's mentioned have been so great I just wanted to add my thoughts about that um yeah but other than that if you do guys have if you guys do have any thoughts or like facts that you noticed or wanted to mention while you're reading any of the chapters then do let us know um thank you so much for tuning into another chapter episode of ours and please make sure as usual to stay in touch with our content by following us on instagram at podcast Pottermania. um message us send us your thoughts anything if you guys have any like episode ideas that you'd like for us to cover we'd be happy to look into that as well and make sure to like and share with your other muggle mates and keep following us for more updates. Bye. Bye.